This podcast contains adult language. DigitalDaren.com. Today is January 31st, 2020. Super Bowl weekend, so we are doing a quick Super Bowl podcast. And because it's so last minute and because I'm lazy, we're going to break out one of our old gimmicks. We're going to do the boxing style preview. And for those who aren't familiar, most of y'all probably aren't because it's been a while. We basically talk about kind of things on the field and things off the field. And we go head to head and we basically declare a winner. Then we basically use that to declare who's going to win the game. Let's get it. Uh, so first off, before we even get started on that, what are your thoughts about the Super Bowl in general? Because it seemed like I know the death of Kobe Bryant and how he passed. I know that was it overshadowed a lot of things. And I think it kind of overshadowed the Super Bowl because you haven't heard that much reporting on the Super Bowl in general, even from news places, even from sports news places, excuse me. Something more important in the game happened. And so it just showed you, it just puts sports in perspective. So usually around this time of year, nothing is bigger than the Super Bowl. Not even tax return money coming back because it's coming shortly. But with Kobe passing, it really took another turn. So, you know, it's just like everything else. Everything got into perspective and we prioritized. And that's why now we haven't even done that. We did the Kobe we did a Kobe podcast. We did a podcast about the Super Bowl, so we're giving everyone time to mourn and process what's just happened. And that's why this podcast is going to be so short, because I think that, you know, I think that the whole sports world is really, and I think as human beings, we're all real. And, you know, not from, not from who Kobe was, but more so, I think what happened was a re- tragic reminder that you can be one, that one here, you, one, you're here one day, gone the next, right? You know what I'm saying? So, I think it was it was both. So it's who he was, and it was a reminder of how fragile and how fleeting life really is. Exactly. So when you have that in your face at your doorsteps, you answer the call. You don't worry about what's going on tomorrow, what's down the street. You answer what's at, the, at your door. So that's what Kobe's death did. It put it right at your doorstep. So, you know, just like faces of grief, we have to move on. And uh, we do have to talk about and acknowledge uh, the biggest sports uh, event in American uh, history right now. They're the biggest sports day of American, of all sports, of the sports year. So let me ask you this. Do you think that the fact that the two teams are playing aren't really necessarily really great teams or like well-known public teams, do you think that affected it too? Like, you know, let's say it was the Patriots versus the Packers. Do you think that would have competed with the Kobe storyline or it still would have trumped it? The way it's Trump these two teams. I don't think that's to compete with the Colbert line, and I, I take exception. I have to. I disagree with what you said. I'm asking the question. Those one are two good teams. That's how they make it to the Super Bowl. Two historically, San Francisco's up there with Dallas and Pittsburgh and New England. So San Francisco's always been this. Uh, they took a step back in the 2000. They were just in the Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick in 2013. Yeah, but they're on a public so, team. Like, Pittsburgh, Dallas, Green Bay are public teams. The New England has become a public team. I mean, San Francisco 
was as well. They just took a step back. So it's just like with Dallas. San Francisco and, and Kansas City, this is the most entertaining team in the league and one of the most storied franchises. So it does. I mean, you can't ask for too much more than that. I don't think you would have won another New England Super Bowl. Nobody wanted that. So that definitely would have took a backseat. I mean, they, their numbers dealt last year with the Rams. Yeah. That's a good point. Just out of curiosity. So let's go on to get to it. So if you don't know, we're going to talk this stuff on the field, offense, defense, special teams, coaching. Then we're going to talk about more so things outside of the field, the cities, the food, the music, blah, blah, this, blah, blah, that. So – Without further ado, let's get started. Let's start offense. Kansas City offense, San Francisco offense. Whose offense do you prefer? It's not even close, Kansas City. Not even close. Them, them folks got a relay track team with a guy who has a cannon for an arm with the most creativity. I told you once before how I feel. Early on, and you may be wrong depending on how it you know, the rest of his career goes. But we might be looking at the best quarterback to ever play the game. He's most definitely the most talented. But we might be looking at the best quarterback ever to play the game. And those those playmakers he has are just that, playmakers. I think that part of, part of what's going to delude him from being the best player ever is one, the era he's playing in. Everybody's throwing. So, like, I don't know if numbers – we did the Hall of Fame podcast, right? You know what I'm saying? I don't know if numbers matter as much as they used to. And we basically said in that podcast, all pro is one of the metrics that should be used more often. But I think that when you talk about people like him who – he's going to be great. Like, unless he – barring injury, he's great, right? He's Hall of Fame great, right? We can agree on that. Correct. Yeah, I agree. Bar injury. Bar injury. Huh? It looks like it's only his second year starting, but it really does look like it. So, bar injury, we're looking at probably a potential Hall of Fame. And I think that once you get to the status he's in, I think people, especially at that position, I think people not judge you on, okay, we know you can throw up the numbers. We know you're just otherworldly. How much have you won with that? So, it's just like somebody being, it's, it's like saying, hey, somebody says they're a genius. Well, how rich are you? How many people have you helped in life? Oh, you're a genius just because the test says so? If you haven't applied it, it doesn't really matter, right? So kind of the same thing with him. The application in this process is rings. And I think that he's going to be judged not necessarily on numbers, but how many rings he produces. So I agree with you on the whole Kansas City thing. I think this is all about Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and this track team on the field. And I think that they dominate San Francisco. Even though San Francisco does play a more traditional style, I just think that I don't think San Francisco offense was as good as Tennessee offense coming into that coming into that game. Like I think Tennessee, the way Tennessee ran the ball in the playoffs, I don't think nobody has duplicated that. Not even San Francisco, and I do think San Francisco is really good at running the ball. I think San Francisco is more talented and better offense than t- Tennessee, and uh, Tennessee got away from what they did, which is why we're even here. Because if they force fed, they're hearing the ball they would have been here. They would have gave him the ball 32, 33 times instead of 19. I disagree because in that game, that remember Kansas City came back and started scoring every drive, and that's the pressure they put on you. So, you know, we keep talking offense. And- How you get rid of that is by you running the ball. You can't get away from it. When you have them on 17-7, you keep, you keep pounding. And, but what happened, and that, what happened was the minute Kansas City defense makes one stop, it's 17-14. Then you, you get punned again, it's 17 17- so I, I think that 
I'm making your, I'm countering you with your own point. They're a track team. They don't need time to score. They don't, time possession almost doesn't matter to them. So, which is why you can't have them on the field. Which is why you have to keep running. It's just like with Golden State. They are like the Golden State version of the NFL. You don't play small ball with Golden State. I don't give a damn what you think you have. I don't care if you do have Trey Young at point. What you have to do is you got to play big with them. You got to have your big going off, pounding, playing the paint, and and hope for them to shoot cold or to miss the opportunity. Because one thing about Kansas City, they're not going to score every drive. Yeah, but that's what you were saying. Quick. They don't score every drive. But in the past two games, they scored like seven straight drives and five straight times. They don't score every drive. Yeah, but the other so, so the flip side of that is they don't score every straight drive. But did you put up thirty five points? Those two teams, San Francisco and Tennessee, have a hard time consistently doing that. That's why you don't get into a shoot. I mean, they're gonna get the ball right unless you're gonna sit there and take the take a knee every time. Unless you're going to just play the ultimate game of keep away, they're going to get the ball at some point. You know how you do that? Seven, eight-minute quarters, you play a game of keep away. Seven, eight-minute drive, excuse me. That's how you play keep away with them. You're not going to score with them. So when it was 17-7, I don't care when it goes to 17-14. I don't care when it gets to 17-21. You still keep running the ball because you cannot shoot it out with them people. But I don't think, that, and that's my point with Tennessee, and we're talking too much about Tennessee. I don't think they tried to shoot. I think they, I think they, what, what happened, they, um, then they have a fumble. They had like a turnover, and that's, you know, fast tracked them back in the game or whatever. So, like, part of this is, I don't think they were trying to shoot it out. It's just the game got away from them so quickly, they looked up and they were, like, they were behind, like, oh shit, we were behind. And, they, and then you get away from the game plan. The thing with them is when they, you cannot be scared to get away. You gotta. You cannot be scared of them and get away from your game plan. You gotta keep going. You gotta. What's the old saying? You gotta. You gotta dance with the date that brought you down. That's what they gotta do. You can't. You can't just switch midstream and then try to go grind Tannehill it up. No, that's not gonna work. Quite as kept their defense has gotten better, so you're not gonna be able to do that. As soon as you go three and out, or go out the field, or you have a two minutes and you went three and out, here they come right back. With the track team stuff, and now they got momentum and they have their groove. One of the things you have to do is get them out of their groove and momentum. As long as they have momentum, they gonna keep going. Mm. Once they pay to get that pussy, you understand? They not gonna they not gonna stop. They don't pop the pill. They going all night. Pussy theirs for that hour, two hour, three hour, however long. Exactly. This ain't gonna be no no minute, man. That pill get popped. Now you in for the long haul, and that's what they'll do. They gonna fuck you all night. So you better slow it down. So we both agree Kansas City got the better offense, right? Oh, not even historically they got one of the best offenses ever. Alright. So let's go to defense. Oh, without a doubt. Can San Francisco is one of the best defenses in the league. That what you have to have in this league is a is a pass rush. And that's what they have. They have four cats that get after it. It's unbelievable what they can do. So, I say this part for the overall thing, but you're right. San Francisco, their strong hand is defense, right? So, it's strength versus strength. And we'll talk more about that in the final score and, like, whatever prediction we go with. But it's not even a competition. Like, I think the, I think there's more of a competition between offenses than there is defenses. Like, San Francisco is the better defense in the landslide. Right. It's not even close. So... 
I agree but with let's you. So, because let's go back to offense. What San Francisco do is an old school way of running it. They do have uh, their running game is amazing. Not so much the running backs, but their running game. But the way that they orchestrate their runs. It's that old uh, Mike Shanahan <clears throat> zone blocking thing that just plugs anybody back there, they can get 1,000, 1,500 yards. And that's what they bring in, in uh, San Francisco. But they also have the receivers to get it done. With Emmanuel Sanders and that Ricky, I forgot his name. Well, yeah, I forgot his name. Uh, the only the, – and let's not forget, now, they have a dog at tight end in Kittles. But the only problem with them is the quarterback. The quarterback is a big problem in Garoppolo. And so that's why this is so much of a landslide between Kansas City and San Francisco. San Francisco got the goods now. They got the skill positions. They got the line. They're so intricate. Their fullback is a major part of what they got going on. So think about that. Their fullback is an all-pro. They have an all-pro at tight end. Yeah, but fullback is all-pro. It doesn't really matter because he's probably the only fullback in the league. Listen, it doesn't matter. What he does is so good, it's an intricate part of what they do. You take him out, they change dramatically. So that just shows you what kind of scheme they have here. And so with the receivers that they have, with the tight end they have, with the run game that they have, they are they are formidable now. They are they are a beast out there. They're not no they're not just sloppy joke. And the same for Kansas City defense. With the honey badger back there, man, they make a difference. Honey Badger make them look good. Uh, the Frank guy make them look good. I mean, they Frank Clark, but they they're very hit or miss defense. And like they aren't want San Francisco. You know they can get stops. Kansas City can't get stops when they need. Them. They rely a lot on they rely a lot on the look of the draw, if you will. And one thing about it, and this is going to make this even more competitive than people think. Uh, San Francisco push you around, and they do it different than how. Tennessee does it. They're not going to make the mistakes that Houston made. They're not going to do those kind of things that those other poorly coached, poorly ran teams did. So you're giving not, props to coaching and Kyle Shanahan. No, hold on. I knew you was going to do that. Let me finish my point. So the difference is what they're going to do is if they got their feet on your on your, on your your neck, they're going to go ahead and end you. And that's the difference between what they ran against and this. Texans went shit. And nobody expected Tennessee to do nothing either. They got a real-life team that they run it up against, so it's going to be a good game. Special teams. Does it really matter? You would think Kansas City, when they put Harbin back there, it's different. I think, it, I think that special teams does matter. Like field goals, it, field goals, that's your point, stop another team field position. Because to your point, for San Francisco's game plan to work, a lot other teams, they have to be win the field position battle too. That's the thing about them. If you pay attention to what Kansas City have done, and a lot of these five straight scores and all that stuff, they was getting the ball at good field position, either from the kid return or a mistake from the offense. Yeah. And then you put them within the 40-yard line, 20-yard line, 30-yard line, and they score quickly. So let's not make light of that either. They're not they, – all these, they just score five times in two minutes, like against Houston. They score like three times in three minutes or four times in three minutes. That's because somebody, some idiot fumbled. The dumbass coach went for it on his 28-yard line. They had a kid return that went to the 30-some-yard line. That's how that happened. So let's make, let's let's be honest on what happened here now. Yeah. They scoring fast because they're getting the ball 
damn near in the red zone. <laughs> they still march that field, and you can have some turnovers, you can get some three and outs, you can do some of that stuff. Because if you hit that motherfucker, like every other quarterback, you hit him enough, then, then he'll fold. All you got to do is hit him, he'll fold. All right, so special teams, which I'm going to give it to Kansas City for me by default. What about you? I'll give it to Kansas City. All right, so we both agree giving it to Kansas City. Coaching. This may be the most interesting matchup out of all of them, honestly. I'm going to let you start because I'm sure you're still in your knees from sucking out Kyle Shanahan. Well, he just bust. And hey, let me ask you, do you swallow or do you let him shoot it on your face when you're out here sucking him off? Um, it's user choice. <laughs> oh, Okay. Now, who you have in your coaching? I don't know. They both them. They both have really great resumes, right? Like, let's just be real. But they both have major, 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 major flaws. The problem is, like, Andy Reid has a lifetime of major flaws, whereas Cal Shanahan has one major flaw. So it's like two criminals. One's a career criminal. He's been going to jail since he was twelve. He been into everything. And then you got one criminal who just, he only got one crime, but his crime was armed robbery and he shot a kid and paralyzed the kid. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's, they both have major flaws, but they both have done a lot of good. So, I think that just because Andy Reid has so many flaws, I'm going to take Kyle Shanahan as the better coach. I think this is a, career-defining moment for Andy Reid. I don't think it's a career-defining moment for Kyle Shanahan. So if I had to go coaching, I'm going to give it a draw. And the reason why, I like how you just glossed over the 28-3 nonsense. That's the major thing. I said he had one major thing. I was going to say that for you because I know you wanted to take take a hold of it. No, 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 no. I don't have to because you did put enough emphasis on it. He had a 28-3. He was the captain at the hammer of that sinking ship. Nah, he wasn't the captain. He was the, the captain of Dan Quinn. Now, he's the navigator. Dan Quinn is the owner that was a moob that sent that idiot out on the seat. That was Dan Quinn. He was the motherfucker. I thought that was Arthur Blank. I thought Arthur Blank was the guy who... Arthur Blank was the owner. He was the dispatcher. And goddamn, he was the captain. Kyle Shanahan was the captain. It was a debacle from the start. You had the three stooges running it. It's Larry Cormurley. Larry Curley and Mo, excuse me. That being said, that wasn't his only blemish on his resume. He had quite the reputation even coming here. He was already known as that kind of coordinator. He had a lot of drops of the ball in the Houston when he was with him, with uh, Washington. He had a whole bunch of stuff. So he has a whole bunch of petty crimes on his resume before he committed his own robbery, using your analogy. Kyle Shanahan was already said, when he came here, we didn't want him here. He had that first year, he was absolute trash. Remember, the my job is to get the ball to Julio. Terrible offense was what he ran. And that wasn't the first time he ran it. Kyle Shanahan was a nothing. He was living off of his name until that Super Bowl. That's why he never was a head coach. Matt Ryan gave him that opportunity. Kyle Shanahan had already been known for his nonsense in the league. So you don't know when that kind of play call, no doubt. He's a horrible game manager. I don't know when he uses time on his timeouts. He's horrible at situational ball. He has a lot of flaws as a coach. He's a young coach and he coached 
what what happens with him and the same thing that happened with Andy Reid, and I get to him, his talent bails him out of a lot of his bad coaching. Andy Reid is the same way. That's why that team started off slow in both of those games. That's why that team looked like they're ill-prepared. That Texas game, we both were saying, Andy Reid lose this, you need to fire Andy Reid. But, of course, Bill O'Brien is so much worse. So Andy Reid makes it out of the fire. Andy Reid has a career of dropping the ball, fumbling it, making a wrong decision. He's a ter- He's, he's going to be a Hall of Fame coach, but he's not good. He's not good at all. His resume shows it. He has no Super Bowl rings. Not as a head coach. You got one on Green Bay staff under Mike Holmgren. But he don't have now. And he had the team. Donovan McNabb then was a good team for years. And what's going on now, Patrick Mahone is saving him and his legacy. So if it was a coach between which coaches, it's really who's going to make the biggest mistake. And both of them are capable of it. So I'm going to give it a draw. If your life is on the line and you need one coach and you need the coach to win this game for you, what coach do you pick between the two? It's a draw. You got to pick one. I can't pick one. You got to. I can't because here's the thing. So you're a die. It's, it's their assistants. It's their assistants that I would pick, and one of them is the uh, Eric Bennett, Ben Enemy. I don't know if I pronounced his name right. On Kansas City as the offensive coordinator, and the other one is the D coordinator for Cal Shanahan for the Forty Nineers, and I forgot his name, the ball headed guy. So I can't pick which one. They're both equally bad. All right, so we talked about offense, defense, special teams, kind of the things that matter. Let's go on to get to final score and prediction. Do you want me to go first or you want to go first? No, I'm going to let you go first. So this is very hard for me because I want Patrick Mahomes to win because I have a mixed son, and I really want Andy Reid to win because, you know, he's the the bridesmaid who never got married. And it's time for him to put on the white dress and get his ring and get his husband, get, get there, you know, significant of him. I think Kyle Shanahan is a legendary coach in the making. Part of that is trolling you, but I do think he was the MVP that year, the Falcons. And if it's who I have the most connection to, that one year him being the MVP of the Falcons is the most connection I have to any player or coach involved in this. So that's that's how I feel. So I think that ultimately, and this goes back to, do I trust Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid or Kyle Shanahan? And Jimmy Garoppolo, and I'm gonna go with Kansas City. I think Patrick, I think Jimmy Garoppolo blows this game for San Francisco. I think he finds some way to blow this game. They've hid him for long enough. I think the hiding stops now. Give me Kansas City and give me 37 20. All right, I like that. Um, I'll blame say the best. Once a Falcon, always a Falcon, right? And so that either be somewhere celebrating when Kyle Shanahan wins, which I don't think he'll win. Kyle Shanahan is the reason why we lost the Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan is the reason why we had one season where we, uh, we went 8-8 eight eight when we should have went fucking 13-3. and three. Kyle Shanahan left the Falcons high and dry and took his, uh, his quarterback coach with him. Kyle Shanahan took a lot of our players with him. Kyle Shanahan has doomed the Falcons and put a blemish on our history forevermore. And we've been 28-3 because of the Kyle Shanahan his arrogance, his lack of knowledge, his uh, impetus, his, 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 he's just his ineptness. 
I don't know what else to say. Whatever adjectives can describe a piece of shit, cocksucking son of a bitch. That's what Cal Shanahan is. And not only do I hope you lose, I hope you fucking burn in hell. That being said, not a big fan of Kansas City winning. Not just because they got this biracial kid. Pick a side, motherfucker. But not only because they're going to suck off Andy Reid, which he don't deserve, because it's going to be Patrick Mahone to bail this bum ass out. Uh, but they, to me, they do too much Cadillac shit. They do too much hot dogging. I don't like it. They do what Golden State do. When Golden State World is on top, you're already beating them. You don't need all that grandstanding. They do way too much grandstanding. And I really want him hit and hurt to a degree. I want them to hit Patrick Mahone so hard that he gets hurt. That's what I really want a little bit, to combo them a little bit. They need to be humble. But you made a great point. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahone, or Garoppolo Shanahan, that's easy. I get, I get Andy Reid and uh, Patrick Mahone, but I'm going to make it 27-24. I, I don't think it's going to be no blow-up. I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to come to a field goal. All right. Any more thoughts on the Super Bowl or the NFL in general since this, this will be the end of a season? Yeah. Fuck Kyle Shanahan. That's what I hope. <laughs> I hate the bomb made it there. Let me flip it ask you this. We're gonna do a follow-up podcast after the Super Bowl. If he wins, would that be a would that be a damning moment for you if he wins? I just disrespectful. So it's like the cheat, like you being with a cheat ass whore of a bitch. She never cooked, she never treated you right, and you caught the whole cheating. And then when y'all divorce, you lose everything in the divorce. You don't have any girlfriend. You live in your life. You make it to an old man, never being able to love again, and. Lost everything, never recovered, and this bitch married like two, three months later with the niggas you were cheating with. He hit the goddamn lottery. They live in high off the hall. That's what it's like. She looking better than she ever looked. You looking fucked up. You don't lost your hair. You don't got fat. Your children hate you. Like that's what it's like. That's what it's like if if he wins. If Kyle Shanahan wins. Now that all that aside, what's gonna piss me off is that this is the part where it's a catch twenty two. Because if he win, it should show this idiot senile owner, which, by the way, he's not senile at all. He was in that Mike Vick documentary last night. It should show that idiot how incompetent Dan Quinn is. But it's not because I'm sure he's going to take pride in it. It was like he was in our system. You dumb fuck. He should have stayed in the system. But our idiot owner of the Atlanta Falcons is going to miss that point. I sort of want them to win so he can be like salt in the wound of that piece of shit, Arthur Blank. That's what I really want. Do you know what's going to happen if he win? Are you going to troll me or are you going to be free? I'm dead ass. What? It's going to be talking about him being the next Bill Belichick. Kyle Shanahan? Yeah. It goes to your Eli Manning point. He has the name and he has some hardware. And not they just they want to suck off generational people. Somebody with a name, and he got some hard work. They're going to start calling him, is he the next Bill Belichick? I don't, so if he wins this, trust me, you're going to hear somebody say that. Is he the next great coach in the NFL? Here's one of the differences that I see. I think, I'm not even saying he's Bill Belichick. I'm saying that's what media is going to say. No, no, no. That's what they're going to do. You know how media play. You're right. I think Kansas City might be on the, on the, on the cuff of – of a dynasty. 
Like they li- literally may be on a tear. They can go on because the AFC is not that strong, especially with how old the Patriots look. No talent. Who, Lamar Jackson there might be that fake dope. Really, do you believe in Tennessee to do this again? This is that Cinderella story, and they should have took advantage this year. I don't see them coming back. Like Pittsburgh is is not going to be who Pittsburgh has always been. Like they may be on the cusp of a four, five, six year tear. San Francisco, on the other hand, I doubt it. I doubt it. They definitely have a harder path. Let's explore that a little bit. Let's say Kansas City come back and win three in a row. Where does Andy Reid fall at then? (laughs) All the head he won't. (laughs) That's where he fall. They got a a legit, I'm saying they're only going to get better. Think about it. They're only going to get better because they're going to show up who they need to show up. All you need to show up is two of those playmakers with Patrick Mahomes, which is going to be Kelsey and Tyree Hill. You can get another fast motherfucker out of the draft. That ain't nothing. They'll train them right and build that defense up with rookies and rookie contract because they're going to be drafting the whole time as well now. So And quiet as kept and Reed can draft. They can develop talent. They can draft. You see what they you see what it is. You wasn't looking for Tyree Hill. He's only five foot nothing. They pat they went and they did what with Patrick Mahomes. They went and draft they traded up to get Patrick Mahomes. Tenth. That's almost, he knows what he's doing. He can run a team. He knows what he's doing. He just got a lot of shortcomings. But who knows what this will do? That might make him turn the corner. But as far as Kyle Shanahan, uh, now with Russell West, Russell Westbrook, Wilson, excuse me, Russell Wilson. Think about it. His his two. They had Marshawn and Lynch at running back this year in the playoffs. You brought somebody in right before the playoffs, or right at the playoffs, because your running back got hurt. Both of them. They're only getting better. That Ricky, they dropped has turned out to be, I thought it was going to be your bus. What do I call him? T-shirt All-American. That motherfucker can play. Who, Metcalf? Metcalf, yeah. And they still got Tyler Lockett. They're, they're here. They're going to be all right. Green Bay going their second year with a new coach. That team getting better coming along as well. But after that, who else do you say? Saints ain't going to be number. Saints good enough to tell to knock somebody off. So they good enough to like knock off San Francisco unless it's like Minnesota. Minnesota have their car. Well, Minnesota going to be around too. Minnesota going to be, you know what I'm saying? So, and then somebody in the East going to do something because the team is, the Dallas Cowboys really are too talented to be as trash. A better coach, they're going to be better. Like, I'm not a big Mike McCarthy fan, but they are, they will be better. They will be better. And they're going to make, they're going to be a tough out. The Rams might be something. Who knows? You didn't say the birds. Huh? You didn't say your birds. Oh, no. Not with Dan Quinn. We got to worry about them bombs. They're not, they're not doing nothing. All right. Thank you guys for listening. This has been DigitalDarren.com. Make sure to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend.